and welcome to my series of conversations with stalwarts of music. Today's episode is being partnered by Perpetual Buzz Experiences, which is an artist representation company with three very basic but lofty goals. They are a launchpad for a lot of indie musicians, helping them leverage success in the best possible manner. And they also help generate funding for a lot of social causes and make sure people have a good time throughout the process. Be sure to check them out on www.perpetualbuzz.com. We have yet another podcast partner, which is Wire Up Music Store, one of the finest music retail stores with state-of-art equipment, your one-stop solution for musical equipment, ranging from guitars to ukulele, percussive instruments to classical instruments. Do check out their Instagram page, which goes by the handle at the rate wireup.india. Speaking of my guest today, he's from the world of blues and rock music. He's a guitar virtuoso and a prolific singer. He picked up the guitar at the age of four and he saw his older brother play the guitar and he started to play it in a very unorthodox style and that devised a technique for a lot of future guitarists at this point. So He's got a knack for it. By his early teens, he put out his first album, signing a major record deal. Carlos Santana had quoted him as Jimi Hendrix of our generation and he joined forces with Santana at the popular Woodstock Festival in 1994. He's won the award for Best Blues Artist of the Year on multiple occasions and is considered to be one of the top guitar icons when it comes to his guitar abilities and shredding. His all-new album Crown has topped the Billboard charts and is in the initial round of Grammy consideration. Without any further ado, I'm delighted to welcome Man of the Hour, Eric Gales, who will be joining us shortly. Namaste, Eric. How are you? Which part of the world are you in right now? I'm at home, man. Just waking up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wonderful, wonderful. So are you getting enough sleep these days? Because last time we spoke, you've been doing some intense touring all over the world. Yeah, I mean, you know, rest is is very minimal now. We just got back a couple of days ago from Cali. I was doing a lot of writing and and um, I've been catching up on rest because in the next couple of days we start rehearsals uh, again. So, okay, you know, hey, it's you know things are picking up, so we're we're getting pretty busy. That's wonderful. Uh, you have a rhythm and blues cruise uh, show that's that's lined up for sometime next week, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, we leave out uh, Friday for the yeah, legendary rhythm and blues group. Lovely, lovely. And you have the Joe Satriani G4 experience for next year. In uh, yeah. yeah, looking yeah, forward to that. It's happening in January. It's pretty exciting, and uh, uh-huh. we're looking forward. We're looking forward to it. <clears throat> Wonderful. And, and also the much-awaited uh, farewell tour with uh, Buddy Guy. That's also in the pipeline. Yeah, that just got announced last week, and we're very excited wow. for that. And, you know, Buddy's a, a good friend of mine, and uh, uh-huh. it's been long-awaited to uh, be able to, you know, tour with him. And uh, I just 
just look forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Great, great. So I'd like to firstly welcome you to our program, Stalwarts of Music. It's a great privilege to have you with us, Eric. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'd like to start this interview with a greeting of peace. Uh, ordinarily in the world, a lot of us are obsessed with the notion of happiness. In your tradition, what is this notion? Man, no stress, no mm-hmm. worries. Just you know, being at one with yourself. Okay, okay. Eric, you've been on stage and performed for more than four decades. I'm sorry to, by implication, suggest your age. Could you express the sense of timelessness that is encompassed by such a deep, ingrained artistic sensibility? When people talk about you, they say that there's no dividing line between Eric's musicality and everyday life. What is this artistic sensibility for someone like you? Man, I just try to be the best me that I can be. And uh, it... Uh subsequently comes through you know my music as you know i'm a guy i I like all kind of styles i like everything and Mm -hmm. you know uh i don't like really the the labels and the you know being labeled or whatever it's just you know music is what comes out and uh that's the best way i know how to express myself and you know that's the best way that i can be artistic in what i do so got it that's uh that's 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 about as simple as I can get with that answer on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just try to be the best me. I try not to be, <clears throat> you know, and you get caught up trying to be a whole lot of other things that other people want you to be. And, uh, you know, I just try to be the best me that I can. Got it. Got it. So if, if, if I were to put it in words, it's, it's the simplicity that sort of defines the person you are. And, and of course the musicality also. Right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Speaking of the Eric Gale's band, it was a family affair. You had your older brother Eugene Gales on bass guitar. What was a Eureka moment in your careers where you looked and realized that we are global stars at this point and there's no looking back now? Uh, I mean, that's actually going on tour man we had never done nothing like that before so okay you know signing the record deal flying to new york to sign the deal and you know it's uh that was a pretty big deal for especially yeah. for me you yeah. know yeah. 15 years ago that's a pretty big situation so um you know this is all of it man but yeah actually knowing that we were heading on tour for the first time was like i would say that eureka moment got it got it so it was more of a family affair and, and I'm sure, you know, it must have been a very proud moment for the entire family to sort of reach oh, yeah, this endeavor. Of, of, okay. of course. Of course. During your formative years, you were exposed to a musical environment which had a lot to do with musical forms. Were you doing so because the form excited you and in your life you wanted to give it a shot and explore boundaries in music or did the thought that this is the form and this will be best to communicate what you intend to communicate with your audience what takes precedence in this kind of a situation actually both of those that you mentioned uh uh-huh. played a role and you know just out of curiosity and yeah 
and uh, just to see if I could learn it and, and then, you know, begin to start diving into different things and start liking it. Right. Uh, you know, so they both began to cultivate who I was as a musician, uh, uh, just as a player, uh, you know, because at that point I was uh, very primitive into finding myself. I mean, I'm still on a search to find myself, but it was a, uh, it was a very joyous voyage into searching for those things that uh, eventually would be what would be life inspirations and, and uh, life influences for me, you know, so I'm glad that I uh, set off on the journey. So talking about the creative side of things, uh, I'm sure while it's underway, uh, there'll be different states of mind that you might go through, right? So while it's underway, is that an agonizing time or is that a time of complete flow and surrender for you? What is it like? Um, it's definitely either way of how I'm feeling. It's a, it's a, it's a time of complete surrender. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I wouldn't say agonizing. It is, you know, think about a lot of things that, uh, you know, are somewhat painful to think about, but uh, for some reason that translates into some of the most powerful musical expression for me. So, yeah. with that being said, you know, it's kind of, uh, kind of, uh, it's it's kind of a combination of both. Yet again, on the on that on that on that front, you know, it's uh, I definitely enter it with reckless abandon and. Uh, you know, I just let everything flow and, you know, tears, laughter, whatever that comes out is is is, is the result of uh, the emotion that I am uh, involved with during the time. Wonderful. Uh, but this process might require some form of discipline, right? So how important is discipline for someone like you in this pursuit? I mean, it is. It's very important in other ways, but in the presentation of me and being on stage is mm-hmm. it's a form of discipline, but then at the same token, it's a form of, like I said before, it's a form of reckless abandon, too. Uh, right. uh, you know, uh, I call it, to me, I, I use this term, you know, organized chaos. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah. that's the best example I can give for it. Got it. Let's talk a little bit about your songwriting process. So what is sort of the balance in terms of writing a song between the process of exploration and between the process of concluding it? Right? If I had to express this much better from a layman's point of view, uh, let, let's take the example of a painter. He or she might tell you that while painting, they don't know where they're headed with it. Right? So they might start with a particular intuition and then it evolves in terms of their expression or in terms of their inner journey. Right? So that, that sort of runs concur- concurrently with the uh, painting as a whole. Right? So there right. is some, some process of discovery which is associated with it. So would it be fair to say that your writing process is similar based on the example I quoted? That's very similar. Actually, it's the exact process. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same process. I'm glad you brought that up. It's the exact same. Yeah. Same. You know, there is uh, a blank canvas there, and 
uh-huh. you know, depending on the mood at that time and the feel and, you know, is going to determine somewhat what lands on the canvas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, sometimes there's a previous idea that's, you know, bouncing around that I make, you know, have to start with. And most of the time it's just a random pick up the guitar and this is what came out. So it's 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 a process of complete flow and surrender and then you improvise over it. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Your music also when when I when I've been listening to it for a couple of years now and it has a great deal of intellectual rigor, right? You've engaged in many layers and dimensions of creation. You've been awarded the Blues Artist of the Year on multiple occasions, right? and there are a lot of areas that you've been trying to explore and uh, they are possibly circumscribed in the sense that music is both a form of art and it is also an industrial product at the end of the day are you somewhat inhibited by the fact that music is also an inhibited uh, industrial product and uh, we 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 do not have like common forms or mechanisms or processes that kind of you know help you uh, gauge this entire thing right so would it be right to say that we'll give you s- some form of money and you can express what you want from from within right from your soul from within your soul uh, as an industrial product so what is your take on something like that no not really i i don't a lot of that i don't you know that's the farthest thing from my mind again i just uh I trust the process with what it is that I tap into uh-huh. that, you know, allows me to do what it is that I do. And uh, the end result or who and how it goes to where it's going is not my, it's sort of my responsibility, but it's not really my concern. Right. It's, you know, uh, if it, if it has went through the, musical washing machine, if you will, if it's went through that and and the whole process of uh, coming through, you know, mind, body, soul, hands, instrument, uh, you know, to the speakers, you know, to the listener at that point, you know, where the receptors take it to is uh, and how the receptors take it and how it's then um, uh, categorized or place in a in a in a in a uh, box if you will i hate to use that word but placed in a you know categorization uh is not really my uh that's not really my wheelhouse i just try to do you know what comes out and uh it just works for me i am i am very, very capable of if there were a task given to me to write for something specific, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know, for, for certain things, you know, I collaborate and, and do other projects and stuff like that. But as it pertains to my own particular, and even then, doing stuff with other people, there's an element of me that is still utilizing a form of reckless abandon when you know an idea is coming to my mind and I just let it flow. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you there. Uh, in terms of 
your tradition right you've been held as the preeminent part of a whole range of musicians uh who have sort of transcended through several eras right like if we were to consider musicians such as muddy waters albert king jimmy hendrix stevie ray vaughan eric johnson joe bonamassa and many more so what was your association with some of these contemporaries i mentioned and how much do you see yourself as part of this movement or this collective i'd also like to understand from you what has been the sense of community and fraternity from some of these musicians who have gone who are gone from from this particular era that we live in uh for me all of those consist of a big old bag that they all fit in for me that has some way form fashion or another uh-huh. has been uh a very important part of inspiration for me right. on a daily basis right. uh for me they all have had the capability to cast this spell if you will over me that leaves me in awe uh-huh. and standing frozen time when i hear them all in their own separate ways when i hear them and to be um uh able to be blessed with a avenue a gift if you will a, a allowance to uh uh be a part of that powerful inspiration and influence to carry on to the next generation is such a huge embodiment of how uh evolution is supposed to be mm-hmm. uh you know naturally done because that's how it came to me uh and continuing on to inspire you know musically um but on a on the sidebar there is not very much that i can recall about my influences that i recall hearing about their personal lives right. that was uh i i don't want to say that sets me different from them but i have you know i wear everything that i have done in my life on my sleeve and i you know explain a whole lot about myself at the beginning of every show of the things that i have been through that i think encapsulates being able to touch and reach those that may be at a show that 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 aren't musicians those that are at a show that have no idea what a pack of strings are uh you know and being able to touch those along with touching those that are savvy and involved with what guitar strings are and are there for the music i uh want to extend what's happening uh in the movement that i am pursuing to people of liking music and people that don't like music for the people that just got drug out to a show that didn't have no idea what the what they were going to come see mm-hmm. and wind up hearing a personal part of of this person's life that could essentially change there got it uh, you that did may be, that may that may be one of the most uh important detailing answers that I can recall ever given in my life to a question because uh that ultimately is it's not all about it's not 100% about the music though it's a heavy heavily uh uh heavily dosed part of the music that is involved with who I am but um 
well, just within the past six to eight years has been more of, you know, the personal story behind who Eric Gales is that goes into why he plays what he plays and, you know, why the emotion comes and why is it so emotionally charged and intense and, and, and driven, you know, to be what it is. It's because, you know, there are things that I'm not afraid to show uh, vulnerability wise that, you know, yeah. that like music and also people that has nothing to do with music i believe they need to see right as you beautifully quoted uh you know this this is this has been a process of evolution for you and we've seen like so many different faces and we've seen you transcend through all of these spaces right as a as an artist so i'd like to know from you how have you evolved as a human being and how is that reflecting in terms of your work, right? I'm sure after several many decades of experience that you carry, you've started to see things from different angles, different perf- perspectives, and different points of view. So how is Eric Gales the human being, apart from the musician and what have you? So how have things changed from the 90s? And in what ways have your aspirations changed? And what are you now seeking for? Well, in the nineties, you know, I was I was under the tutelage of uh, my older brothers. I mean, I was basically told to not worry about, you know, nothing but playing, and right. you know, that's the things that I supposed to be. Uh-huh. That was my only responsibility. Eric, you just play, and uh, we got you. We got you. We ain't gonna let nothing. And and you know, my brothers and my uh, Hubert Crawford, Eugene Gale, Selton Cole, they all looked out for me. All the while, uh, at the same time, keeping me very abreast and knowledge on things that were happening in my career and my professional life, so that if there were ever a time that my brothers uh, uh, and older band members were not around, I would be savvy of what's going on in this treacherous music industry. So I was always being told uh, on a on a, a, a update status on an update status by my uh, bandmates on, you know, Eric, this is what's happening. We want you to understand. Even though I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my brothers and them always said, there's going to be some times that going to come around that we're not always going to be around. And I didn't understand yeah. what that meant, you know, early on. And, you know, so how that's evolved is, you know, then they went through the times that I was, you know, very careless and didn't care, even though I was aware and knowledgeable of everything, you know, I just didn't care because I was so uh, engulfed with, heavy addiction and this and this and that now moving on up to have been clean for quite some time, you know, just a little bit of time, if you will, uh, you know, uh, stepping into the leadership role and stepping into, you know, that there are, uh, I have a responsibility of, uh, of a crew and, and a team that I'm responsible for that, you know, if I sink this boat, then there's a lot of lives that I'm responsible for. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of things that, you know, decision-wise, I have to make for the good and betterness of uh, the people that I have working for and with me. Uh, so that, 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 that changes from how I originally started into, you know, now, you know, it's, if you're a, a, a leader of a band or whatever it is, I mean, you, it's, it's like a business. It really is. I mean, you know, yeah, the ultimate is to play, and that's what I love to do. But I, uh, 
incorporate myself with a, a great team and, and got my wife and co-management and website uh, uh, crew and, 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 and booking agent and things of this nature and publicists and stuff like that. But, you know, it all ran as a business. I mean, yeah, the music is what it is, but you have to, there has to be a balance on each side to, you know, regulate that or else you're just dealing with a runaway train. Mm-hmm. But do you find some commonalities or some common strands between the person you are and the music that you play yeah, from a day-to-day life point of view? Yeah, yeah, because the way I live is kind of free. I live as a free person. Mm-hmm. Uh, by that, you know, I just, you know, you know, come what may, you know, you can only take one hour at a time, you know, and that's how, you know, one second at a time, and that's how I do it on stage. Um, how I do it musically. So there is, uh, you know, somewhat of a mirror reflection of who the person is as a human being and who the person is as a performer, uh, you know, there. So that kind of, that kind of works to my good, uh, speaking to the fact that I'm not conflicted with this potential Jekyll and Hyde or, you know, I don't have to take one costume off and put another one on, it's still the same person. So if we were to compare, say, a popular musical form compared to a niche like the blues, which has a lot to do with the classical form, you know, the the very classical form it is, right? Uh So it's definitely evolved over centuries and you have sort of had like a natural flair for it. And you've been able to transcend it in in our era, right? Where people listen to a lot of other commercial popular forms. So what prompted you to sort of take this legacy forward? I mean, it's kind of just what naturally came. Uh, Mm -hmm. The thing about all this is it's not been, you know, something that I had to think about. It just kind of naturally happened, man. And I don't have a particular... um, one statement that will sum up you know the uh the process of how you know taking the old and 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 carrying that with me into the new and you know because at core you know i am still a a a classic you know you know blues is what's at my core you know gospel is what's at my core uh and that is the foundation of who i am regardless of whatever you throw into the the mix, you know, there's still going to be a heavy presence of those early two influences in my life that's in there. And that is an, a testament to, you know, styles of music. I mean, unless, you know, specifically that there's a target of a style that has been, you know, platformed to, you know, focus on when it comes to, you know, Eric Gales's input, uh, there's definitely still going to be uh an awareness of that's Eric Gale. You know, that's yeah. who Eric Gales is. Uh yeah. and, and and in part I that part I can't help, you know. Uh you know, nor do I try to help it, you know, because you know it's who I've uh evolved into, you know, um on, on one setting, but then on another on on another on another front, you know, there could be, you know, a whole nother platform that, you know, Eric Gales has evolved into. There there speaks back to the um uh, wide, 
mass of you know different styles that I, I I like to hear and I like to engage in and 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 uh, you know I like to dance around in. So it's uh it's 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 quite the buffet of of uh, of, uh, of of a lot of things that's that's involved. Got it. Uh, are you are you a spiritual person in general? Yes, I am. So what what role does spirituality play in your life? Man, just keeping myself uh, at one with. I call him the big man upstairs. Just keeping myself at one with the big man upstairs. Everything else doesn't matter. You know, uh, I know that there is one. Some there is some being that has given me uh, a covering over my life because have left up to me. You know, I would be dead, and I don't understand why I wasn't. I'm not, but uh, having another chance at life, just life in general, you know, let alone another opportunity with a resurgence of my career back again. But uh, I, I'm uh, very uh, spiritually aware that. There are aspects of my life that has been touched and 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 covered by you know my spiritual maker. So I uh, I uh, am very um, unswayed on anything else other than that being the case and scenario as it pertains to me. <laughs> so that's the best way that I can under, I can answer that question. But but what are some of the spiritual techniques that have helped you with your music? I I honestly don't really have a lot, man. I just you know occasionally, you know, have a conversation, get mm-hmm. quiet, have a conversation with you know, and I'm being more so. The techniques more so happen in the midst of while I'm playing, so things come to me while I'm playing that. You know, it's a conversation that uh, only I and my spiritual provider are aware mm-hmm. of. Uh, some get this conversation through prayer. Some get it through meditation. Me, I get it through music. <laughs> uh, and there's not really no, you know, uh, you know, uh, sitting with my legs crossed or, you know, uh, 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 you know, I think you can be. I think you can be uh, spoken to, if you will, uh, in any encounter, any manner, any time of day, through sleep, through dreams, through just randomly doing anything else. You can be spoken to through animals. You can be spoken to through a a lot. But I say that more so often I am, I feel uh, a heavy presence of my spiritual being through my music and uh it's 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 really undeniable as to that is the presence that i'm feeling uh you know just speaking about it just gets me somewhat warm talking about it but uh you know and it's not anything that i have to intentionally focus on i just know that my spiritual provider is with me 24 7 uh 24 7 in the good and the bad uh as a musician and and as a human being and uh, i'm very very thankful that 
uh, a spiritual hand has been placed on my life. And, you know, I pray from time to time that the covering comes upon my family and my kids and my grandkids and my, my wife, of course, that's, you know, been by my side that has helped me to, uh, on a daily basis, try to be a better me uh, for, you know, all parameters, being a better husband, a better father, a better bandmate, a better leader, a better, you know, brother, a better everything that I can potentially be to, uh, you know, essentially, you know, benefit from the things and the fine things in life that I so uh recklessly denied myself of for quite some time and you know this is all still a journey for me and uh i'm still primitive in this journey but uh you know uh the journey is um worth the travel and i uh you know continue uh every day to uh just try to do something a little bit better today than i did yesterday and uh and uh you know just keep going forward lovely lovely uh you must have done a uh, hundred interviews as a as a public figure uh since we've we've come to almost the conclusion of of this particular interview is there a question that you felt that you should have been asked and you weren't no actually you've done pretty well man <laughs> great you so I have one last segment before we conclude this interview. Uh, I'm going to be asking you some very spontaneous questions. You can't think too much. You can, you can give your answers right on. All right. So my first question for you: What is it? F- one song that always makes you cry. May this be love by Jimi Hendrix. Lovely. On the contrary, what is your favorite guilty pleasure song? Uh, man, I actually don't have an answer. <laughs> That's all right. So, if you had an opportunity to put together an all-star blues band together, who'd be in it? I know it's a very broad question, but man. you you have to handpick some people. Myself, Gary Clark Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek Truck. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Eric Johnson. Um, Anderson Pack. Wow. <laughs> uh, Mono Neon. Um, Corey Henry. Right. Um, trombone Short. Lovely, lovely. That that'd be a massive band. <laughs> Out of all the musicians that you've been inspired by over the years, some of them who aren't with us today, unfortunately, who who would you have wanted to jam and collaborate with the most? I mean, of course, I would want to have have sat down with Jimi Hendrix. Of course, I mean, right. that would have been the ultimate. I mean, as as that would be, I believe, the answer for, yeah. you know, a hundred out of a hundred people that if you were to ask them <laughs> that, that probably would say the same. Right, right. Uh, let's talk about fashion. You've got a great sense of fashion. 
What kind of jewelry would you like to sport and make a fashion statement with? I mean, I actually kind of do already. Uh, right. Man. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, anything blingy, man. Anything, anything iced bling? out, you know. I right. like I like the ice and the bling, so. Lovely. You got taste. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What's your favorite cuisine? Dude. Anything my wife makes. Lovely. So what's like your favorite go-to dish on a, on a Saturday afternoon? Baked chicken. Baked chicken. Lovely. Great. So I have one last question for you before we conclude the session. This is, this is like a custom in all my interviews and I ask all of my distinguished guests this very question. Uh, down in the distant horizon, what would you want to be remembered as? I want to be remembered as a black man that went through a bunch of mess, a bunch of crap in life, but fought back and gained his life back, man. And, uh, uh, you know, tried to live at peace with myself for the rest okay. of my day. Lovely. That's, that's a lovely take to life and uh, a, lot of a lot of musicians who have been possibly inspired by this very interview. Uh, this interview is also going to be additionally aired on Big FM, Shillong and Azol, two incredible radio stations. And it's going to be part of my uh, all-new series, Stalwarts of Music, which is streaming on multiple streaming platforms. So I'll be sure to share the links with you once the episodes are out. Thank you, man. And I'd love to stay in touch with you. Thank you so much for taking time out uh, in this early hour and making this happen. It's, it's been an incredible blessing, honor, and a privilege. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Eric. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks. Great. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.